Hello again, and welcome to Friday Voice. I'm Andrea James. I'm your host for all of the Friday Voice series, as well as the other podcasts here at Voice at the Table. If you want access to any of them, do join us uh, at voiceatthetable.com. You'll be able to get all the resources there. Today, uh, we have Jane Ashard Grant, who will be discussing the very important topic of listening with us. Yes, are you listening or just waiting to speak? <laughs> I think a lot of us can relate to that. So let me tell you a little bit about Jane first up. So Jane is an award-winning accredited executive coach with the ICF and Time to Think. She's been uh, a coach for about 15 years now. She has postgraduate diplomas in psychological coaching and human resources management. And previously, she had 15 years of experience in the corporate environment from secretary all the way to human resources director. And she's also the author of the book, Are You Listening or Just Waiting to Speak? So we're really honored to have Jane with us here today. Hello, Jane. Hi, Andrea, and welcome to everybody tuning in today, and also for those who will be listening to our recording later on. So before we begin properly, um, just a quick word about the format. So Jane will be presenting four key points today. I'll be monitoring the chat box throughout the whole presentation. So at any time, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to pop them in the chat box and I will convey them to Jane when we break between each point. If you would like to speak to Jane directly, let's say if the question is a little bit more sort of complex, let me know and I'll unmute you during one of these times. As Jane said, this will be recorded and shared with other Voice at the Table members, so just be aware of that. Uh, and of course, if Jane asks you any question, questions, it would be great if you can use the chat box to participate as well. So let's get on with the presentation itself. Over to you, James. Thanks, Andrea. And you know, I'm so excited to be here with you today and share what I've discovered about the impact of listening, a subject I feel really passionate about. And you know, I was thinking really, where did that stem from? And in fact, it's been for as long as I can remember. The reason I've always enjoyed listening is because I learn so much. And in addition, over the years, um, I've noticed the impact of my listening has had on other people in terms of what they've accomplished for themselves as a result. And, you know, I was thinking, of course, it's really topical at the moment in that only last weekend we had the London Marathon here. And it was sponsored, some of you may know, by the Heads Together charity spearheaded by the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge and Prince Harry you know, which is all about removing the stigma to mental health, encouraging people to talk, talk about their mental health. And that really got me thinking. It got me thinking because in order to talk and share your thoughts, you need someone to listen to you. Now, whilst I'm not a counsellor, um, you know, in my work as an executive coach, I provide clients the opportunity to think out loud, to share their hopes, their fears, that work through challenges and create opportunities and new strategies for themselves in a safe and non-judgmental environment. And I do all of that through listening. So you could say, my job is to listen, to listen to others. So what is it that I would love you to take away from our session today? My hopes are that you'll take away a deeper understanding of why listening is critical both in life and in business. You'll have discovered the three myths and bad habits that we can sometimes fall into when it comes to our listening. And to have learned three or seven principles for you to listen well, really well. And to take away five top tips that you can apply immediately that will help propel your business relationships. So why is listening critical in life and in business? Well, firstly, as I alluded to, because when you listen, you learn. And this is one of my favorite quotes. And I'd like to just invite you to take a moment and think right now for yourself when you have been listened to, and as a result, 
something changed for you. If this is the case, just answer yes in our chat box. Let's see how many people can relate to this. When you've been listened to and something changed for you as a result. Yes, it looks like people can relate to this. Excellent. Well, that's wonderful news because, you know, not always do we have that opportunity to be really listened to. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of working with the Tibet Society here in London as a day's facilitation. And during the day, I learned so much about the wonderful work of the society through its council members, its advocacy and fundraising for the human, um, human rights of the Tibetan people. And that really moved me. And I learned so much about the quality of their work and also the stories, even some of the council members of how they escaped Tibet and arrived here. So listening is not only important as a coach, it's a fundamental part of my role, but as I explained earlier, it really is critical both in life and in business and not only for us to learn, but also because it improves the quality of your leadership. You know, only yesterday, the uh, HBR Harvard Business Review published an article on how to be an inspiring leader. And the author, Eric Garten, uh, cites research from his firm, um, Bain & Company, and they undertook a survey of some uh, 2,000 people and discovered that there were 33 traits that help leaders to be inspiring. Now, it won't surprise you that um, one of the traits that respondents said mattered more than anything else was that trait of being centered. What does that mean? So being centered means an ability to stay calm under stress, listen deeply, and remain present. Another reason is that when listening is critical because it makes other people feel valued and respected. Because when you listen to others, you transmit great respect from them and they feel valued as you listen to their thoughts and ideas with curiosity and with interest. And for me, you know, one of the most profound learnings I've experienced throughout my career is studying with Nancy Klein, the pioneer of the thinking environment and also the best-selling author of Time to Think and More Time to Think. And in Nancy's work, she observed two types of listening, a listening to reply and a listening to ignite. And the latter is where you give your attention to be free of any internal rush, you know, that kind of chatter in your mind. And that you see the other person as an equal in their capacity to think for themselves. And you appreciate them as who they are as an individual. And with this kind of listening, I've witnessed some of the most profound shifts in others, reaching a level of resourcefulness that they didn't know they had because they have felt so valued. So why else? Well, listening reveals more creative and innovative work. You see, when you give your undivided attention and listen to another, we now have access to some of the research from the brain scans, you know, the MRI scans that are now available. And over the last 10 years, we've been able to observe and witness, well, not we, not me personally, um, but researchers and psychologists that actually new neuropathways begin to form in our brain, well, the thinker. And as a result, new connections spring into action, presenting more creative and innovative work in the presence of others listening deeply. Now, here's a big one. In our workplace today, you know, one of the things with listening, it's fundamental in terms of our ability to influence, to influence others. And in fact, it's the first step to influencing successfully. Because when you listen to another to find out their wants and needs and to really understand them, you're able then to make your um, point and influence them from your position, taking into account their needs, often resulting in a win-to-win, -win, a win-win situation. 
And lastly, in my experience, listening is critical because it leads to improved relationships with greater clarity and fewer misunderstandings. Now, this is in life as well as in business. You know, and in my experience, one of the biggest challenges to communicating effectively is because people just don't listen, don't listen to one another. You know, they're more driven to be right than to be being proved wrong. And I had a wonderful um, coaching relationship a couple of um, months ago, and I uh, concluded working with my client. And he said to me, Do you know, one of the things that struck me most about our time together, Jane, is that you've really taught me how to listen differently. But you know what, Jane, not only at work, but actually in my relationship with my wife. And she said to me that she experiences me um, just very differently, and it's brought us closer together. And that was a wonderful, unexpected outcome of our work together. So listening in this way will enable you to um, reach a deeper level of mutual understanding and clarity. And as I mentioned, reduces these any sort of misunderstandings. So I'd like to take a pause there for a moment. And Andrea, just um, whiz over to you to see if anyone has any reflections, any thoughts, or any questions yeah, on what, why. Um the man having a better relationship with your wife one of the the common myths that i hear about is that women are better listeners than men is that true <laughs> that's a wonderful question um and interestingly in my experience i want to bring up the the myths here because um it's it is a myth the first myth is that um gender affects our ability to listen and to your point andrea yeah, the myth is that women are better listeners than men. But that's a myth. And the truth is that women tend to place higher, a higher value on connection, cooperation, and emotional messages. You know, those, those, those messages that we hear in relation to the way that people feel. And, and on the contrary, men are more um, action-orientated, focused on results, and concerned with the facts. And what that means is that men and women are likely to ask different types of questions of the speaker to gain sort of clarity and understanding. And so it sounds like women are listening better, but actually we're listening for different things. Yeah, I'm sure some of us can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because so many people have shared this myth with me um, in the past. So, yeah, I hope some of our listeners can relate to that. So the second myth is that hearing and listening are the same. And the fact that you have good hearing means that you're a good listener. Now, you know, I have to say that my husband, um, you know, having worked, uh, having, living with me and knowing that, um, you know, listening is a passion of mine, over the years, I have to say, he's really developed his listening well. However, there are times when he has had that selective listening. You know, I'm sure some of you can relate to that too, especially when he's watching a rugby match and I'll ask him something about the children or what we're going to do. And, you know, nothing, just completely deadpan. Um, and so it's really this kind of um, selective listening that, that comes into play. Whereas the truth is that hearing is sensory and involuntary. You know, for example, you'll hear the clock ticking in the background or somebody moving but you're not really listening to it because listening requires your commitment and perception. Because as an active listener, you're going to be picking up on all those non-verbal signals, you know, and use all of your senses, what you see, what you feel, um, you know, even what you smell um, in terms of understanding the meaning of what's being said. And the last myth is that listening comes from maturity. So, you know, the myth is that people can become better listeners as they get older or if they have more responsibility. Now, we would like to think, you know, that's possibly true. But actually, the truth is that whilst others might become wiser due to their life experiences, they're not automatically better listeners. In fact, as you become more confident, you may slip into that autopilot mode and develop some bad listening habits. Now I wonder how many of our listeners today, how many of you believed some of those myths or even some elements? Because if you did, you're not alone. Many, many of my clients and people I connect with have felt the same way. 
So again, I'd like to take a pause just to see if there are any questions. Yeah, there is a question. Um, you mentioned that as an active listener, you can pick up on nonverbal signals. So does this make telephone or conversations where you can't see the listener, I mean the speaker, all the more difficult? And what would you, how would you say we can pick up on signals then? Mm, thank you for that wonderful question. So in my experience, uh, working on the telephone with individuals actually heightens my listening. And I think it could do the same for you because actually we begin to pick up on some of the other things. And so when I talk about the nonverbal messages, that can also include, for example, someone's tone. You know, if you're speaking or rather listening to someone who perhaps goes quite quiet and quite reflective, perhaps suggests that, you know, they're not feeling too good. Whereas if you listen to them on the phone and actually they become more energized, they speak slightly louder and, you know, more quickly, then, you know, there'll be something else that, or rather you can pick up their energy in a different way. And so when we're listening on the phone, we can pick up the tone, the pace, um, and those are the, some of the signals that can help you listen even more to um, the messages that someone is communicating. Does that answer the question? Do you think? That's, yeah, that's, that's all the, um, the questions that we have. Great. We'll check in with the chat box, but yes, I think so. Okay, wonderful. So now I want to start inviting you to think about how well do you listen? Really listen. You see, the trouble is that we often criticize other people for not listening well, and yet we overlook our own capacity to listen through our own bad habits, you know, like I mentioned before. So what if I could show you how to become even more effective in your listening? Would that be interesting? So if so, please type yes in the comments box. Andrea, let me know if we're ready yes. to move on. <laughs> Indeed, we are. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm going to first of all introduce you to some bad habits because, you know, the first thing we need to do is to really quash these bad habits. So, of course, we, we can't quash them until we know whether we're falling into them. So the first one is I want just to take you on a little journey to share a story with you. Um, in fact, to get you to imagine. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment a team assistant, those who regularly shows up late for work and produces pretty poor quality work, which they clearly haven't thought through. And when you address this issue with them, they become quite defensive or either get quite upset. Now, I wonder if any of you can think of someone like that or someone that perhaps you've worked with in the past. My mother? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> not listening in today, Andrea. That's all I can um, So, for those others listening, if you can imagine someone like that now. So, now without holding back, now what are some of the adjectives that you would give such a person? So, let me start the ball rolling. Useless, careless, lazy, even, and you know what? Unreliable. Now, imagine it's Monday morning and you ask this team assistant, so have you got the papers ready for our quarterly board meeting on Wednesday? And in front of you, you see a glazed look on their face suggesting that they haven't done it. How many of you honestly would think something along the lines of, oh, they're so unreliable. What a waste of space. And what would you do next? get cross, even angry and start raising your voice and making demands. Or perhaps tell someone that you'd like to have a different assistant on your, a different assistant on your team. Or just walk away, fed up with the cool quality of people that you have. Now, consider this. Suppose you say, in a calm and sincere manner, what stopped you from getting these papers ready and they well up in tears and they say 
I actually did a lot of work on these papers over the weekend. I was all set to have them to you by this morning, and I will have them finished by the end of the day. But my mum was rushed into hospital yesterday afternoon with an erupted gallbladder. I have two small sisters to take care of since our dad passed away last year, and we've only just moved into a town where we don't know anyone, and I couldn't leave my sisters with strangers. You know, I haven't slept the whole night as I had to drop everything to take care of things. Now, look, I know this isn't the first time I've messed up, but it's been really tough because mum has been ill for, a t- for some time and the doctors didn't know what was wrong with her. And as I said, we've only just moved home, so I've had so much to sort out. Now, would that change how you think about that person and even how you respond? You see, the problem is that you didn't listen. And what you did is what we all do. You gathered some information from your early interactions with that person and jumped to conclusions and formed perceptions that became hardwired with words such as careless, lazy, useless. And these words became the filter through which you heard without listening. So the solution is to get rid of the filter, the stuff that you think you already know about someone, carely, lazy, useless, because that's, what's the, that's in reality what's blocking you, what's blocking what you need to know. So instead, you need to challenge your assumptions based on your preconception and your filters. And when you do that, you're ready to start communicating and listening to people who you didn't think you could connect with at all. So that's the first bad listening habit. It's this sense of our filters and these assumptions and preconceptions that we can make. So what else? The second one is interrupting. Now, you know, this might be a habit that some of you listening right now might own up to yourself because quite often we don't recognize that we're actually doing this until you've been listened to by someone who has the discipline of not interrupting. So interrupting is um, one of those habits that can have a profound impact on somebody else. So it's a habit that you really want to start to quash and resist that urge to interrupt. And number three, oh, there, interruption. And number three. Actually, before you say oh, sorry. number three, I would yes, please. To that. I've attended Jane's uh, workshop on Time to Think, and we do a, a practice session where the other person does not interrupt at all. And it's very interesting. I've, I've discovered that I'm not used to people not interrupting me. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite a peculiar feeling um, to not be be interrupted and have the freedom to speak. It's quite liberating. I I just thought I'd share that. Yeah, thank you, Angela, for sharing that. And that's such my experience in running um, these exercises that I share with individuals on my programs to help really hone their skill um, of listening in this way. And it is that. It's, It's very experiential. And, uh, and what I notice too is that sometimes people find it uncomfortable and they have, they sort of fall under this, um, uh, another myth really that actually, you know, if I'm not speaking, I'm not adding value. And in fact, that's a paradox because, you know, when we listen to someone, we are providing immense value because we're allowing them to share their thoughts and ideas. And as we've said earlier, to generate Um, real creativity and innovation. So thanks, Angela. Yeah, that's a great, a great observation. Shall we move on? Yes, please. So number three is about simply waiting to speak. You know, the times when, you know, perhaps you've experienced it yourself when someone is just wanting to hurry you up with either excess, excessive nodding, you know, and this is a tough one because when we nod, we're in a way we want to acknowledge somebody for like, mm-hmm, you know, they're nodding away. Um, or they're also doing that, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh. And 
when you do that too much, it actually gives off the message that, do you know what? I've heard just enough. Now, can you move on, please? <laughs> um, and actually what's happening in that moment is that the listener is simply waiting to speak, forming a reply. And as I mentioned earlier, um, Nancy's lovely illustration of listening to reply rather than listening to ignite. And when you're waiting to speak, that's typically what's happening. You're listening to form a reply or make a diagnosis or even preparing to give your opinion. And in my experience of observing others provide their opinion when it's not asked for has been one of the most devastating impacts, leaving them feeling often despondent, disengaged, even demotivated. So this third bad listening habit is when you're simply waiting to speak rather than listening. So I'd like to take another pause there and invite our listeners to think about which of, or if any of these habits do you recognize in yourself? Do you recognize any of these? If you're up for it and be bold, share with us in the chat box which of these or other habits you can recognize. And while they're um, thinking and typing it in, um, I've got a question. Mm. The first habit you mentioned is about having um, filters and preconceptions. Mm. Those come almost automatically and sometimes we aren't even aware that we have those filters. But even if we were aware, how do we stop those from coming up? That's a lovely question. And you know what? I'd love to acknowledge that observation that um, some of these filters we're not even aware of. And I think this goes back to some of the, the brain science. Um, and it can be really helpful to have a, you know, a, a, I don't know, more understanding of that. And in this experience for me, this is about, you know, our, our brain comprises three parts, the sort of primal part which is all about our, our safety if you like and survival and then the middle part of the brain the, the mammalian part that deals with our emotion and then our neocortex the first part of the brain which deals with all of our critical and analytical thinking and how we make sense of the world and what you're talking about there is is that there's these filters that's right that um when we uh, place a label on somebody it's that sort of first primal part of our brain that goes into operation is this safe and you know how do I kind of respond to this um, but the beautiful thing about our brain is that whilst it might get wired it, it has this wonderful thing called neuroplasticity which suggests we can change it and it's with this sense of awareness that will enable us to um, to change it. So, you know, me sharing this podcast with you today and actually highlighting some of the bad habits is now bringing hopefully um, our listeners to more awareness of what these habits are, filters being one of them. And in order to, um, so the first thing I'd say is how to deal with it is just to take some time as you're listening to people in terms of your own preparation and as you engage in conversation or an interaction with some is just to think about the, this filter idea and actually am I making any assumptions around this person today? Um, because just because I experienced them last week in a, in a manner when they were really frustrated and angry and so therefore I better really prepare myself for how I communicate with them, when they show up in front of you today, they may not feel or they may not exhibit that. So challenge your own assumptions would be the first thing I would say. And then to your second part of the question, if you are aware of a filter or, or you are aware of some um, habit, it's to um, be really objective in terms of not to allow others, people's style or um, their own habits distract you. From, from listening to them. And in fact, I cover one of these in my, my principles being objective. So I'll share more about that. Does that answer your question, Andrew? That's brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, that, that's all the questions that we have. Um, I guess I just want to learn more about what other things we could do to overcome these bad habits. Yeah, wonderful. And that's actually a great segue into um, talking more about um, some principles I'd love to share with you. But before I do, another, another one of, um, 
on a great quote that I enjoy um, following some of Brian Tracy's work, who is a famous author um, and very big in the sort of professional personal development space, suggests that learning to practice your listening skills until it becomes a habit can do more to improve your relationships at work and at home than perhaps any other single behavior. And in my experience, I have uh, discovered a number of principles to help you with your active listening, and I'd love to share seven of those with you today. And as I go through these, I'd like to invite you to ask yourself whether this is a principle that you already apply, or perhaps it's one that you can start applying after today. So the first of which, which we have touched on, is don't interrupt. You see, and I think you mentioned it, Andrea, as well in your own experience of this exercise, when someone listens to you without interrupting, you know, you just got lucky because it's kind of normal and now more common practice in the busyness of today. People are, you know, simply wanting to get their voice heard and their opinion across and speak and inject really quickly. But when you know that you're going to have a conversation or interaction with someone and you'll not get interrupted, you'll begin to feel valued, that you matter, that what you say, what you think really matters. And your brain relaxes and once more the blood flows more quickly to those neuropathways and it begins to relax. And so your thinking becomes clearer, even your speaking becomes clearer because there's no pressure because you know that you won't get interrupted. You know, you know, you might have experienced this yourself. For example, when um, you know, you're in conversation with somebody and you say, hey, look, um, the three things I want to share with you today. One, two, and then suddenly they interrupt you and say, oh, yeah, 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 I know. And, and you know, they'll go off and try and finish your sentence. And then you completely lose sight of and remember what their third point was. <laughs> And, you know, that's really frustrating. And because what happens is that when you get interrupted, your brain receives this interruption like an assault and everything shuts down. And furthermore, it requires your energy to get back on track of your thought. So in this principle, my offer to you is to give your full attention to the other person and resist the urge to interrupt and allow others to finish their train of thought. The second principle is that to notice the internal noise in your mind and quieten it. And let me illustrate that with an example. So you know when you're listening to somebody and suddenly your mind wanders, I don't know, anything like, um, Oh gosh, did I get the meat out of the freezer for supper tonight? Actually, guys, in fact, that happened to me only yesterday. I'm going to admit, confess. I said to my daughter in the morning, hey, so what do you want for supper tonight? And she said, oh, no, no, no. And I said, right, okay, I know. I've got something in the freezer. I'll, uh, I'll whip that out. And uh, middle of the day, yes, I thought, I really did think this. I thought, oh no. And uh, I was working late last night, so I didn't have much time to prepare supper. So I cheated and bought her a pret on the way back from work. <laughs> Um, but this happens, doesn't it? You know, sometimes we're listening to somebody and um, our mind wanders or you start to think about preparation for a meeting or um, what you need to do later this evening or even worse, beat yourself up because you actually decide, you know what, I'm not going to go for that run tonight. And so clearly in that moment, you're not listening. Your own mind is busy. So what you'll need to do is to quieten your mind. You know, notice the feelings that, um, that you have and uh, focus once more on the listener. And equally, what might happen is that as you listen to somebody, um, they trigger something in you and your feelings, your, some new feelings will have emerged. And so in that moment, you'll also want to notice those feelings and acknowledge them and then quieten them so that you can refocus your attention once more on the speaker until it's your turn to then share. So quietening your own mind. And these habits, you know, these principles rather um, I'm sharing with you, 
um, you know, require practice. Now, this is one that um, quite often in sort of my corporate environment, working with my clients, they find the hardest because they are just spending their time running their day from meeting to meeting with no time to really stop um, and, you know, give their attention to others. In fact, I was with a client only yesterday and she was struggling. She said to me, you know, it's just not fair. I don't have time to listen to, you know, the members of my team. I just have to let them get on with it. So quieting your own mind so that you can listen fully and attentively is another principle. So I'm going to share one more and then break uh, for any questions or observations. Number three is use silence. Because, you know, people often feel obliged to fill the space. They feel uncomfortable if there's too much silence. And I've noticed in some experiences when, even when someone asks a question, um, that somebody only after six seconds will make some noise. It might be just a <clears throat> Um, or something to interrupt that silence because they feel uncomfortable with it. Now, some of you may have heard the phrase, let the silence do the heavy lifting. Because in my experience, when you're silent and allow the speaker um, and recognize they have the capacity to work through their own issues and challenges in the presence of your listening, they can but it also takes time for others to formulate their thoughts. And so it's the gift of silence that you can provide that will enable them to really think through what they want for themselves. So my invitation on this principle is to get comfortable with being silent for a few seconds longer and notice what happens for the speaker. So I'd like to pause there and just check in to see if we have any questions or observations around the first three principles. Actually, there's an observation. Hmm. Um, that is to um, this person sharing how they used to nod to encourage people um, and they thought this might be helpful. And a lot of us do, I think, to nod along. But actually, sometimes we find that by not doing that, we give the other person more space and there's a sort of better energy when, mm. when we are just quietly listening to them. Mm. That's a wonderful observation. Thank you who, who contributed that. And I think it is that balance because as you're listening to somebody, you want to be totally present with them. So you want to be your normal, natural, relaxed self. Um, and so, you know, we want to encourage them. And of course, we can encourage them through our questions. And, and yet when we're listening to them in this way, the, it can be very subtle. You know, in my experience, sometimes it might be just a tilt of the head and it's fine to do the occasional nod. But I think what I'm, when I talk about that nodding, it's to this contributor's perspective, it's this point rather to underscore that it's the excessive nodding that we want to <laughs> move away from, you know? Yeah. And, and particularly when I, when I deal with salespeople, you find them nodding away <laughs> And you think, well, there's, there's no need. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I, I, do, I do agree with you. Um, you want to know that the person's listening and you're looking for signals. But sometimes, yes, we, 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 are, we wonder if they are really listening or if it's a, dem it's a demonstration. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, shall we move on or any more observations? Uh, that's all we have for now. Okay, lovely. So number four is to be objective. Now, we spoke earlier about filters. And so in this way, it's I'm wanting to invite you to, as a principal, be aware of your own personal prejudices. And so, you know, this is about not allowing the style or even habits of the speaker to distract you from what they're communicating and acknowledge their diversity of thinking and speaking. 
For example, if you can't hear them clearly, ask them to speak more loudly or slower. And also to be accommodating to those individuals who may be shy or nervous. And so as you're listening to another, it's to really be objective and hold that as one of your principles. So number five is around listening for potential. And this one has really struck me in relation to often, um, you know, in my, my world, even before uh, becoming a coach in human resources development, we would always talk about, you know, does this person have potential to, to be a leader? or Are they going to be the next uh, desk head on the equity sales trading floor? Um, and it was always kind of future focused. So um, and one of the things that I love to do now is to listen for people's potential today. What can they do today to step into it right now? And so one of the um, principles I'd love to share with you is this concept of listening with a deep curiosity of where that speaker's going next with their thinking. Because, you know, it's just fabulous to um, hold that curiosity um, and rather than second guessing them or worse still, actually finishing their sentences. And I say this because sometimes inadvertently we do this, you know, thinking that we know the person so well and, you know, we're on the same wavelength. We can finish their sentences. Now, in fact, when we do that, we stunt their thoughts and we may miss their potential. And so if we listen for that potential, holding that deep curiosity and wonderment of, wow, what else? might they come up with? Where else are they going with their thinking? Because when we do that and we resist the urge to interrupt and we remain silent, we enable them to make these new connections and reveal new insights for themselves. And you know, as a listener, that is one of the most privileged positions you can be in. Number six, it's to ask questions, you know, to get, there'll be some people that you come, come across who are um, perhaps we might suggest more extroverted, if you like, in preference, when we think about their communication style, their personality preference, and are very quick and happy to um, offload, download, you know, as soon as they, you walk in the door, they're like, oh, and you know, lovely. And it's great that they share their thoughts, ideas, and be very free in all that's on their mind. Whereas others need prompting. And again, one of the things that I learned from studying the thinking environment is that it seems that the mind works best in the presence of a question. And so asking questions can help access the speaker's wisdom. And then you need to be quiet <laughs> so you can listen to them. And this is an incredibly powerful combination. Now, another best-selling author and coach is a lady called Laura Berman Fortgang, who I met, gosh, some 10 years ago at the Association for Coaching Conference. Um, amazing woman, and actually a lawyer initially, um, moved into acting, I think it was, but anyway, then became a coach. And she developed this wonderful um, framework of a question called Wisdom Accessing Questions. W-A-Q. And what I love about these questions is that they have a common theme because they all begin with what. What do you want to achieve? What's stopping you? What do you think you need to move forward? The thing I love about these questions are that they're specific and succinct and that helps generate these ideas for the speaker. So in order for us to listen really well, the sort of companion to that is our ability to ask questions. And again, what I'm noticing more and more in literature that's coming out and research that's coming out in terms of our leadership, um, another great trait is our ability to ask good questions. And the last principle I'd love to share with you is that of leaving your ego at the door. 
Now, we spoke earlier that listening actively is a skill. Now, this skill is a skill that anybody can learn. And interestingly, one of the things that really got me interested in writing this book um, that actually I'd love to share with our listeners today, so hang around to the end um, because um, I'm going to um, share with you how you can download your free copy of my ebook version. Don't listen. Are you listening or just waiting to speak? Um, is because it came to me that, you know, even through our education as a young person, we're taught, you know, the skills of reading and writing actively, you know, throughout our early days, but never, never um, the art of listening. And even as we go and progress um, uh, through life and uh, into our work environment, we then get flooded with these, you know, effective communication and presentation skills and how to be a great speaker, but never how to be a great listener. So listening is an active skill and it requires as much discipline as pra and practice as the art of speaking. It's an effort to refrain from interrupting. It's also an effort to hold back on advice giving and sharing of your opinion. So when you leave your ego at the door, you will allow others to shine. You see, you never know what you might miss when you fill the space with your words. So I'd love now to ask our listeners today to think about these principles and which ones stand out for you, I wonder. So the principles are not to not interrupt, give the person an opportunity to complete their thinking, quieten your own mind so that you can be fully present. Use silence. Allow that person to go that much further in the presence of your listening. Be objective. Don't be, you know, make assumptions, if you like, or um, allow those filters to come into play. Listen for their potential, where they may go next, so that they can unlock the gift of their own potential. Ask questions. Wonderful, powerful combination and to really prompt those individuals to share their thoughts. And finally, to leave your ego at the door. So once again, I'd love to pause now and ask you, Andrea, if we have any comments or questions. I've actually got a question. This is mm. for me. <laughs> I'm used to listening to pretty much everything, audiobooks and videos, at at least one and a half times, if not double speed. And I'm, I'm actually finding it increasingly difficult listening to people who speak slowly. And it's, it's much harder to ask someone to speak more quickly than it is to say, can you speak slower? Mm. So what would you recommend? It's very difficult to concentrate almost. I find myself drifting off. Well, first of all, thank you for acknowledging <laughs> yourself and sharing with us um, one of these challenges. And you know what I would say, Andrea, that is that you're not alone because I think in today's world, um, it's true that our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. You know, it's driven very much by this culture of, you know, I want it now, fostered, I think, by the internet and the speed of, of, of where and how we can get information. Um, and the challenge for, really, I think the challenge comes for the speaker, if you like, to engage the other person or the audience, if they're, if they're you know, connecting with a wider audience, is to sustain their attention, um, you know, with regular breaks and engaging um, those listening as, as much as they can. But to your point as the listener, it requires discipline. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, listening is a skill. And it requires discipline and practice. And for me, what I would say in this scenario you've just kindly shared with us is that idea of noticing your own response. So you're wanting somebody to hurry up. Um, and it's just to really quieten that in your mind, acknowledge that, you know. And, you know, the reason why I think this is occurring is because we, uh, you know, we think so much quicker than we speak. You know, for every 300 thoughts that we have in our mind, 30 of them 
are spoken aloud. That's the ratio between our speaking and our thinking, which is why probably quite right now, your mind is always, you know, is already wandering, you know, and it's fast forwarding from me in terms of the rate at which I can speak because, you know, my speaking isn't going to keep up with your, um, you know, speed of, of thinking. So it's about knowing that and recognizing that you need to quieten your own mind so you can bring your attention back to the speaker. And I guess for me, I just would love to um, emphasize once again that beautiful quote of where we started with the Dalai Lama. And if you prepare yourself for an interaction when you know that if I, when you're talking and um, you're saying something you know, but when you're listening, you could just learn something new. And so every time I engage with somebody, um, that, that's, that's just it in terms of it's being patient and thinking, I wonder what I'm going to learn. I wonder where I can learn right now. So for me, Angela, it's about that discipline and practice. Thank you. Yes, I, I will have to practice indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which leads, sorry. Um, but we have an observation, which is really nice. Mm. Um, they say, number five, listen for potential is amazing. So often we talk only about seeing potential and it being demonstrated, but to listen for it adds a totally different dimension. Mm. Agree with that. Wow, lovely. That's a great observation. Thank you. Okay, so this leads me nice, and I'm conscious of our time. It leads me nicely on to um, the fact, uh, really, to in, in your response to another of my favorite authors, Stephen Covey, who's the famous author of um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, suggests that most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. And for me, it does take a conscious decision on your part to listen and to seek to understand. So I would love to begin to um, wrap up today by sharing with you five top tips that you can apply today in your life and business uh, to really um, propel your listening skills that will have an impact as well on your relationships with others. Are we ready? Shall I carry on or is there anything else? No, that's it. Yeah. Lovely. Carry on. Thank you. Okay. So number one, to make time to listen. So we all have the same amount of time in our day, yeah? But it's up to us how we prioritize it. And, you know, you can add real value to another person's day or even their world when you take the time to listen to them, really listen to them. And wisdom comes from those around you and it's not only those more senior to you, it can come from anywhere when you're prepared to listen. So make time and go listen. Number two, it's not about you. So don't worry about what you're going to say. Instead, give your attention to the other person. And don't listen to have your ego stroked or even your views, you know, agreed with. And this can be tough for some. It's listen to be challenged so that you can learn something new. It's so often, isn't it, that we almost get frightened of listening to another in terms of what they may say. And this comes up, I see this a lot in feedback um, conversations or appraisals. Um, and so thinking about really listening and when you're also listening to put your... your um, yourself in that position of what you might learn. And if you want to be listened to yourself, be graceful and give other people that gift of listening. Number three, now we've spoken a little before about the non-verbal messages. And as you probably know, <laughs> um, people often communicate as much, if not more, with their body language 
their actions and their facial experiences. So don't be fooled in thinking that um, when someone's not saying something, it's just because, you know, in terms of their communication, um, that they haven't communicated because they haven't spoken. Because more often than not, people will hold back from communicating verbally when they're feeling angry or um, disagreeing or even, you know, um, yeah, in opposition to you. But they will certainly let you know how they're feeling with their nonverbal messages. You may have seen this yourself um, when you tell someone no, you know. I have two teenage daughters and sometimes they'll make a request of me and they won't like what's coming next if I'm saying, actually, no, not today or not on this occasion. And they say nothing, but you know what? <laughs> I can read it all over their body. They're quite masterful. Number four is to make listening part of your personal brand because being recognized as a great listener will actually create opportunities for you and take you places that talking never could. And in my own experience, this has been so true. Um, for example, you know, working with the Tibet Society recently has been a result of um, me listening to, in fact, family connections uh, we have um, out in Nepal. And as a result of that, I think they're the relationship that we struck up um, you know, and over a number of years has led to them recommending me and, and putting me forward for this piece of work. And so making this part of your brand, people know um, the value that what you'll bring. Because most importantly, listening is a way that you show respect and add value. And it's the first critical step in building trust. And finally, to appreci appreciate others um, in terms of their contribution. Because one of the most overlooked aspects of listening is thanking other people for their contribution. And so a tip I'd love to take, share with you today is if you've benefited from listening to somebody, let them know and thank them. And always remember to acknowledge those people who contribute their energy, their ideas, and their thoughts. So those are my top tips and I would love to say thank you to all of you for listening today. And I would also love to offer you as a result of being a participant on um, this podcast today is to claim your free copy of my ebook. It's the ebook version of are you listening or just waiting to speak the secret to propelling your business relationships that you can have access to via my website www.janeadsaidgrant.com and to get the free version when you go to the um the payout um page is to put in this coupon code voice 17 and this coupon code will be um, up there for the next couple of days. It expires at the end of the month. So please um, go get your free copy now and download it now. It is also available as a hard copy that you can purchase through Amazon directly. And that's also on my website. So back to you, Andrea. Thank you. Um, we haven't got any more questions just now. Um, so I just want to finish up very quickly so that we can fit everything in to say, if you've enjoyed this, do join us again for next, the next podcast, which is on the 12th of May at the same time. And this time we have Pauline to present to us magical conversations, the new language for success in the 21st century. Uh, Pauline is an expert on gender dynamics and gender-related communications. So it'll be really interesting um, podcasts, I'm sure. So it'd be great if you could join us. And of course, a quick reminder as well to come along for our flagship conference on the 21st of June. I'd love to meet you in person. Uh, those are all the announcements that I have. If you've got a question in the next minute, <laughs> do pop it in the box and we will try and squeeze you in. Okay, I think we are 
all good for questions. Um, so, but please do feel free to drop us a line at any time. Um, thank you very, very much for listening and participating. It's been, been really wonderful to, to hear your comments and questions. And thank you, Andrea, for hosting another fab, um, opportunity to, to share um, with our audience today. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing all of you next month again. See you. Thank you. Bye.